0: Hello everyone, welcome to Living Hope Belfast tonight, it's so good that you're here. We're going to start our service by worshiping together, so can I invite you all to stand to your feet. Would
1: you be free from the birth? I am free by the precious love that he shed for me. I am raised to life and my soul secure by the power of Christ and his precious blood. By the cross I've spoken, I am free by the precious Shed for me, I am raised to lie, and my soul secure by the power of Christ and His precious blood. In Jesus' precious
0: blood Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. is one. Behold the cry. story Songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear. In the end, we'll see that it was worth it when he returns to wipe away our tears. For him, there will be a day when death will be. Join the resurrection and stand beside the heroes of the faith. With one voice, a thousand generations sing, "Worthy is the Lamb who was slain." And on that day, and don't that. Join the resurrection And stand beside The heroes of the faith And with one voice A thousand generations Sing, worthy is the Lamb who was slain worship your name and God we just pray for the rest of our service we thank you that we know that you are here, we know that you're with us God, we know that you lead us and guide us and God we pray that in all that we do God would you receive the glory God we thank you for who we are, we thank you for whose we are God, we thank you for whom we belong to Lord we give you all the praise all the honour and all the glory in your house Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. You can take your seats. And church, just before Rebecca comes to bring the word, there's a few things that we want to bring to your attention, a few things that are happening. Um, The first of which actually is the accounts for 2021 they are published and available to you if you would like to see them so there's a copy there's a booklet on the info desk there's a copy for you if you would like it um all our accounts are independently audited and reviewed and so um yeah we we encourage you if you want to then please take a look at that and if you have any questions please see paula picking who is our treasurer and administrator um just a little housekeeping thing um on parking so if you drive to church um we encourage you to use the spaces that are in the car park we have nearly 80 spaces in the car park we encourage you to use those and if you're parking outside the church Please just be mindful of the neighbours, don't park across anybody's drive, Um, don't park to block any street exits or entrances, anything like that. Uh, The neighbours have just asked us if we could ask the church just to be so kind as to do that. We have a great relationship with the neighbours down here and we would like to keep it that way, so we appreciate your cooperation with that. On Tuesday night, we have the missions prayer meeting, um, which Michael Totten leads. Michael hasn't been here today, he's been unwell, but he's told me that he's on antibiotics and he with prayer he's gonna be here on Tuesday night. So on Tuesday night that kicks off at seven thirty pm and that's just our prayer meeting where we focus outside of Living Hope. Um we pray for the the Persecuted Church, which we'll hear a little bit about tonight. We pray for missions around the world and we really encourage you to come along on Tuesday at seven thirty. Next Sunday we mark the 15th anniversary of Living Hope Belfast, so we mark the anniversary um, of being in this building, and we encourage you to come along to that both morning and evening. Pastor Matt will be sharing in the morning, and then I'm going to be sharing in the evening. Um, just looking back at what God has done, uh, speaking of what God is doing, believing that we're in an incredible season of blessing, and looking ahead to what is to come, what we believe God is going to do with Living Hope, and um, We're so excited for that. So we encourage you to come along next Sunday. Um, And finally then, if you would like prayer for anything, um, doesn't even have to be related to what's in the service or what's spoken about but if you would like to receive prayer for anything we have people who would love to pray with you they're available after the service uh, you can find them in the foyer and they'll have a little lanyard that'll say prayer team and those people would really love to pray with you so we encourage you to use that church i'm going to invite rebecca hughes who's going to come and bring the word <laughs>
2: Good evening, good evening everyone. Thank you so much um, for being here. Genuinely, we always say it, but I hope it hasn't just become a phrase that we say that you're just really used to now. But whether it's your first time here or whether you've been here a hundred times and you're ready to learn from God's word. Genuinely, we really mean it. You're really, really welcome. And I hope you felt that. We really know that you will have when you came through the door. And so tonight, I'm going to be continuing our series. It's based on the book of Matthew and it's our new church vision which we're doing a study on and our new church vision is on the invitation and to do that we're looking at the book of Matthew. So tonight I'm going to be looking at Matthew 5 verse 13 to 16 if you have your Bible and want to get ahead of it. It's the first book of the New Testament in case you can't see it and tonight I'm going to be looking at this whole idea of salt You see, these talks, and Matthew, I wanted to point it out, are really key in our life, you see, because they relate to us in so many ways. They tell us how we should live our lives, how we should view difficult matters, and what we should believe. So don't switch off tonight, because these talks have something to tell us tonight. The ones that I'm reading follow straight from what Pastor Reese has been teaching us on the Beatitudes, and they're simply a set of principles For us as Christians to hold on to and live our lives by. And I just said a minute ago. And I was kind of thinking of this while I was reading it. You know I said there's something for us all in this. Because as Christians there's stuff we can learn. But I also believe that if you aren't a Christian tonight. And you are maybe thinking like why am I here. Maybe you've just came with a friend. Or maybe it's just somewhere to be from a cold night. And you want to come in for the warmth of church. I want to encourage you don't switch off as well. You see, because these beatitudes and what I'm going to say tonight, Jesus talks with a crowd and his disciples. And I think there's something really special in that for us because Jesus talks to both his disciples and a crowd. And we don't know whether this crowd were Christians already or they were just there for the fuss Of it all, but regardless, Jesus talks to these people. And so I want to encourage you and challenge you with that. That these beatitudes that I'm going to talk about and the thing that I'm going to speak on tonight, Jesus talks to Christ followers about, but the crowd still listened in. And maybe there's something in that for you tonight, no matter who you are, maybe there's something in it tonight for you to listen into that. What I say might seem it relates just to Christians, and you're like, How do I relate to this? But I want to encourage you that if you listen in, it might mean something to you too. So let's read the passage. It's going to come up on the screen behind you. And it says this in Matthew 5, verse 13 to 16. It says, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its haste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. And verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Church let me pray for us before we come to God's word. God, we just thank you so much, God, that you're here with us already. Lord, thank you for everyone who's came out to church tonight, whether whatever baggage they come with or whatever situation they come with. Thank you that you're a God that wants to meet with us thank you that you're not distant, but God, that you draw close to us as we draw close to you. So God, right now, we draw close to you through your word. And I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would speak to our lives. God, may there be something in in this that challenges us, rebukes us, and encourages us. God, for anyone that doesn't know you, whether that's here or online, I pray, God, by your spirit, that you would speak to them, God, and their lives would be transformed. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So church, as I said previously, these verses and um, on the screen follow the Beatitudes which are kingdom principles. For us as Christ followers to live our lives by. And then after talking a bit about persecution. Which Pastor Reese talked about this morning. If you were here Jesus tells the people that who they are is so important. They're called to be something and that carries so much importance. You see Jesus wasn't talking to these people and saying I'm calling you to be super rich. Which I'm sure we would all really want. Or I'm calling you to have this amount of money. Or I'm calling you to be really liked or not really liked. But actually, Jesus calls them to be something really important. And it's these two things, salt and light. He reminds them who they are. And so if you're a Christian tonight, if you're someone who's a Christ follower, here's my reminder to you tonight. You are salt and light. And whether you're living up to that or not, hopefully you'll be able to know that by the end. If you're salt and light, whether that's your workplace, your home environment, the school drop off at the week, the gym class, your hospital appointment, your church circle, and so on. You see, as a Christian, you're called to make a difference. So I want to challenge you tonight with that. Think about that as I go through this tonight. As a Christian, you're called to make a difference. But first, let's look at this. Let's look, what is salt and light? Let's start with salt. So, salt—you don't need to be super, super smart to know what it is. Salt makes chips taste like ten times better. If you don't have salt on chips, there's definitely something wrong. We use salt daily. Actually, sometimes almost too much, which is a bit of an issue. But salt, at its very core, is a preservative. You see, in the days before modern refrigerators refriger- and refrigeration, salt kept food from spoiling. It kept it from spoiling before it could be consumed. You see, salt also brings flavor to things. It draws out the full seasoning and it's something so it tastes good. And we will all agree with that. But you see, this idea of salt is also mentioned in the Bible. It's actually mentioned quite a lot of times, which we'll get on to. In the Old Testament, the start of the Bible in Exodus, and um, Moses teaches that salt was this key ingredient that was used for the incense that was burned before the altar. This incense was a perfume that went on the altar, whose aroma was to be salted, pure and holy, and that's in Exodus 30. Actually, back in the day, Roman soldiers, which is the weirdest thing when you think about it now, but they actually used to be paid in salt, which is like mental dust, like imagine your pay slip on a Friday being salt, but that's what Roman soldiers actually used to be paid with. And you see, this term salt is mentioned over 40 times if you look at it in the Bible as a whole. But then why does Jesus in Matthew 5 say to us that we are salt? See, I believe Jesus says that because he knows that we're called to make a difference. As Christ's follower, as salt, we can do lots of things. But tonight I want to draw three quick things that we can do as salt. The first one is this. The first one is salt brings flavor to things as you already know I've already said salt makes your chips like a million times better it brings flavor to things and the same in a sense is true about us as Christians we're called to bring flavor to things you know our world type, we don't have to go far out the doors to know that we're in a world who don't see much of God's goodness whose eyes are shut to that People don't often see the beauty in things, but as Christians, we have a responsibility from God to point people to the goodness that comes from him. Practically, I want to challenge you. This is something my dad always says to me about, like, how's your conversation about God to other people? And more important, like how is your conversation about other people, the non-believers, things like this matter? What we say about God and what other people really matters. How are you, how are you someone who brings God's goodness into your workplace and your home environment? And I want to challenge you on that because this isn't just an encouraging message. This is also a challenging one too. Because bringing flavor to something will often make you different. And it's like, I don't know if we like that sometimes, don't we? Because it's a bit of a challenge. Because salt, at its very core, makes things taste different. And so it's so true as us as Christians, we shouldn't be like the world we're living in. We should be different to it because we'll never. It's so cliché, but it's so true that we'll never win the world when we're trying to be like it. So the first thing is it brings flavour to things. The second thing is this: salt preserves things. So. Brought it with me, this book, the Bible, that we all know about, we come to church to hear about by atheists for many, many years. It's been contested that they will always say the people that don't believe in God, they'll say, this Bible will no longer be here in 10 years' time. They've said that for years and for years and for years. Yet today, the Bible is still the most read book, selling between 5 to 7 billion copies of it. You see these atheists who don't believe in God they're wrong because if we read the end of the Bible we know that it always works out that Jesus is coming back that he will build his church but still as salt Jesus calls us to preserve this. He calls us to preserve the Christian message wherever we may find ourselves. You know in our world Even in our country where we find ourselves tonight, things are moving further away from God at a pace that I'm sure none of us are happy about. Cities like Amsterdam with the red light districts, places like North Korea where to even be a Christian puts you at immediate death, immediate risk, sorry, of imprisonment, brutal torture and death. And here we are tonight sitting in a church on the Shankill Road, 25 Shankill Parade on Sunday, November the 20th. And my question to you tonight is, how are you preserving Christianity where you are today? The challenge is this, are we telling others about Jesus? You can simply do that if you're wondering practically, how can I do that, Rebecca? Why don't you start telling your story of how God changed your life simply? Or if you go into school tomorrow and they ask, like, where were you yesterday? Instead of just coming up with a cliche answer, why don't you say, I was a church and a church this happens in a church, like that's that's where I encounter God and God actually changed my life and who knows what conversation you will have then practically as well, like how are we standing up for truth in our workplace? How are we preserving this wherever we go? God is building his church, Jesus is building his church and nothing that anyone can do will ever stop it but he still calls us to preserve this. And the last thing about salt is this, It's actually really interesting because salt not only brings flavor to things, not only does it preserve things, but actually salt also destroys things, which is a bit of a wicked one, but actually in the Bible, salt isn't always talked of as what we would see as good or positive. Actually, It's actually talked a bit more in a negative sense than a positive sense because you see, in the ancient East, it was used to express judgment on evil. It's actually mentioned more terms to do with judgment and destruction than actually any other purpose in the Bible. Moses does this when he says that if the people don't turn back to God, that their whole land will be covered in salt. Also Jesus himself says in Mark 9:49 that everyone in the last days, in the judgment day, will be salted with fire. You see, because salt also acts as a destroying thing. It destroys things and it judges things. I'm practically thinking of that tonight. How does that relate to our life? How does salt do that? And I want to encourage you that we as Christians should be people who stand up against wickedness, wrongdoing, evil acts against the innocent, and those with no voice. That's what God has called us to do. We're there to call out injustice from taking root. You see, because salt destroys things. It's almost a positive, but there's some negative aspects to it as well. You see, salt isn't always a pleasant thing as much as it brings flavor to things. I don't know if this has ever happened to anyone, but if you have a cut on your finger and you don't have a plaster on it, if salt touches the cut, it isn't a nice flavor. It's not comfortable. will not openly touch her finger in an open salt because it stings. It's uncomfortable. And you know, the same is true of salt. You see, salt things and the same is of the world the world won't like it when we act as salt and I think it's really interesting if you were here this morning Pastor Reese talked about persecution and the verses that I read tonight literally follow straight from that passage on persecution which I really think links in an amazing way and it says these verses Bless are you when others revive you and persecute you and other other all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were there before you and you see this is the challenge for us as Christ followers tonight that being salt in your workplace in your environment wherever you find yourself may bring persecution and actually it should bring persecution it should come but you know what I was thinking about this when we rejoice as these verses say The world is going to see us as different. Like imagine if the world saw us and they began to ask questions like what do they have that I don't? What is in them that I don't have? And more importantly, how can I get that? Imagine that in the face of persecution, someone laughing at you and work for believing in Christ. You were actually so satisfied in Christ that the non-believer just saw something different in you. Imagine how that looked like. instead of running away from telling people about Christ, imagine you actually were so confident in who Christ is and what he's done in your life, and so satisfied him that you just didn't really care that if persecution was going to come, because you were so satisfied in Christ that the non-believer just saw something different than you. So tonight. I want you to think about how this looks for you. You're called to bring flavor to things, to preserve this, to preserve the message of the gospel, and also to destroy things, to stand up against injustice. And quickly, let me move on to light. You see, light at its very core isn't gonna take much to define, is it? You see, light brings brightness to things. It helps us see where we're going. It's the worst, isn't it? Especially if you work with kids or you have kids when you're walking in a dark room and you stand on a piece of Lego. Isn't it the worst? All the parents are like, yes, yes, yes. Well, in my house, it was a little bit different the other week. I was walking in the dining room and all the lights were off in the house. And as I waded my way over to the light switch, obviously it was dark. I accidentally, because it was dark, stood in Bonnie's water bowl. Thank goodness it wasn't her dog food. But it was her water bowl. So all the water went everywhere and I got soaked. You see, light helps us to see where we're going. It makes the path straight. And you see, Jesus says to you and to me tonight as Christ followers, not only are we called to be salt, but we're called to be light. You see, in this world where we find ourselves in, it's so full of darkness. It's full of war, the news full of tragedy. A society that's disengaged from God. Morals that don't reflect this Bible and an increasing sense of darkness. But you know tonight, Jesus is the light. And what a great truth to hold on to. He is the light and he's overcome darkness. But as his followers, you and I are called to be his light. There's this amazing verse in Acts 1347, and it says this it said for God has commanded us saying I have made you a light for the Gentiles so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth and you might wonder Rebecca who are the Gentiles And this that's just the word that's thrown about church a lot but you see the Gentiles were those who didn't believe God had called the people to be a light to this group of people who weren't like them God had called them to evangelism, which simply means telling others about Jesus. And you know, the same is for us tonight. We haven't got away from this commandment, but God gives us it tonight. He wants us to tell other people about him. And here's how I think we do it. It's knowing these two things. The first one is this, and it takes a lot of pressure off us. The first one is this. The first one is that you carry light. You see, if Christ has done a work in your life, he already dwells on the inside of you. You should be different because of that. If Christ has changed your life, you should be different. There should be a difference between us and those who don't know Christ. And so wherever you go, whether that's the shop at the corner or a trip away at Christmas, you carry light. You already carry his light on the inside of you, regardless of your age, no matter if you've been saved a week for fifty years you carry his light, and the next thing I want you to know is that you are a light it 's really simple, but in Matthew five, Jesus doesn 't say, "Do you fancy being a light?" or maybe like I really really need you to be a light." But Jesus actually says, "You are a light, and I want to ask you a question tonight. Are you living up to that? Are you living up to what Jesus has commanded you to be, to be a light? The passage goes on to say this. It says in Matthew 5:15, 15, Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. You see lights back in that day if you look into it they were really really expensive and we'll still agree with that when we see our bill at the end of the month but lights were super expensive and people actually couldn't afford to have multiple. They actually only had one when you look into it so they only had one light per household and they expected it to light up the whole house. And that's why Jesus says they don't put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand. So practically, it would make no sense for this one light to have a basket on the top of it because it defeated its purpose. It was pointless. And you know, challenge is the same is for you and for me. If we hide our light and deny Jesus, go with the ever-changing culture that goes against God's word, we simply do the same thing. We simply put a basket over our light and it defeats its purpose. Or to put it more simply, if who you are on a Sunday is different from who you are on a Wednesday, then there's a time for challenge. Let me say that again. If who you are on a Sunday is different than who you are on a Wednesday, then there's a time for challenge. This guy, Brenning Manning, says this. He says, the greatest single cause of atheism today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips And walk out the door and deny Him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Let me say that again. The single greatest cause for atheism, which for those who don't know, is people who don't believe in God. Is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips. And walk out the door on a Sunday at Living Hope Belfast and deny Him with their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And you know, the passage tonight really practically for you says that the light is put on a stand because it needs to light a whole house. And I wonder where are the places that you find yourself tomorrow and today. To get to know me a wee bit more, before I worked um, at this church, I worked in a school and I also worked at Tesco. And the people that I found myself with weren't always necessarily Christians. There were people who didn't know God. And you know the challenge was for me in Tesco, in the primary school that I worked in, I was called to be at a light, and at 25 I no longer work there, the opportunities of sitting in the staff room have passed, the people around me look very different, but I wonder where the places you find yourself tomorrow, be the salt and light just there. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it, looking for a big call to go on a big plane with a lot of money to a country where God's going to send us. And that is so true. God does things like that. But where do you find yourself tomorrow? Where do you find yourself on Wednesday? Because I think sometimes in overcomplicating it, looking for this big mission, we miss the mission where we are today and tomorrow. Imagine you spent your whole life Waiting for this big massive call to go to another country to serve Christ when actually, like in the dentist, you find yourself tomorrow, God has called you to be a light there. And that's where you find yourself. A light doesn't have a basket on top because then people don't see the light. And practically, many ways we can do this is through our good works. We can be kind, we can be gracious. We can be generous, we can go out of our way for people, not so they see you, but because they'll see Jesus in that. You know, practically tonight, this is a very practical thing and it should affect how we speak, how we act, how we take every opportunity. And it poses the question for you and me simply the question is this How do we live our lives? How do we live our lives as holy to God? Do people actually know we're a Christian? Or do we just act like everyone else? And you know, as I say, questions like that, you might be like falling in your seat and like going really warm and like Rebecca, I'm really feeling at this. Like Rebecca, I'm not doing a good job at this. And tonight, if that's you, I want to really encourage you with something. It was something that I read as I was studying for this, and it was a quote from C. S. Lewis, and he says this. He says, History shows That the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. The Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. And I think that in thinking more about Jesus, more about what he's actually done, more about who he actually is, is bound to have a massive impact in our day-to-day lives. Knowing one day we will stand before Jesus and give an account for everything. Not for the big mission opportunities, but our Mondays, our Tuesdays, our Wednesdays. What we did in a workplace, what I did in Tesco, in the primary school, I'll give an account for. The Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. If we're thinking one day we'll be with Jesus, it can't let us sit on the sofa and in a sense do nothing. It moves us to have an impact to be salt and light. You see, thinking more about Jesus is bound to have an impact on us. If we truly think of who he is and what he's done. But what about tonight if you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus? Is everything I've just said in the last 20 minutes a waste for you? But no, it really isn't. Because I said at the start, if you listened in, hopefully there'll be something for you in it too. Maybe you're here tonight because someone invited you. Or maybe you were here last week to hear Lisa's story. But I want to encourage you and challenge you. Where does this all lie with you? Remember I said that if you listen carefully, there'll be something in it. Here's what it is. You see, before you were even born, there was this issue in your life and in my life too. An issue with something called sin. You see, sin ultimately means darkness. It's the opposite of light. It's all the wrong stuff you and I have done. It made a separation between God and us because God being perfect can't sin and this is us with sin. And the story goes on that God in his plan sent his only son, the one he loved so much to take the penalty of our sin, to literally take the punishment of what we've done wrong. So God sent Jesus to the cross to bring us good news. Jesus died and three days later came back to life. And in doing this, he triumphs over death and darkness. However, sin and all the wrong stuff that you and I have still done still exist. It still leaves us in darkness if we don't accept Jesus and his light into our life. You see, sin ultimately leads to death and darkness. And you might not feel that way tonight. Sometimes I, I talk to people and they're like, Yeah, when people talk about sin, I'm just a guy who loves, doesn't do much wrong, I love my family, I do good, I go to work, like, there's not a big apparent sin in my life. Or maybe tonight you may find yourself on the other hand, you might be here tonight completely broken, tired, worn out, looking for satisfaction in anything the world can offer, and it always hits a brick wall. All of us, no matter who we are, sin leaves us in darkness. Darkness, if we haven't encountered Jesus, the true light. But there's this amazing verse, and it kind of changes. It changes everything. And it's in Ephesians 5, 14. And it says, therefore, he says, awake you, who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you his light. Christ will give you his like you see sin whether it's something tiny or something big left us dead on the inside you and I I am no different because I am on this stage it leaves us dead on the inside and that's why God sent Jesus not for a nice story not so a church could exist but the dead men could live again awake you who sleep arise from the dead through Jesus God's son you don't have to live in darkness anymore. And that's, a, that's not just a nice story. That is so true. You don't have to live in darkness and death anymore. And here's the promise that Christ will give you his light. There's this incredible story that really backs this up. There's loads in the Bible. But the one I want to talk about tonight is a guy called Saul. He was walking along a road one day. He hated Christians. He was actively out to get them, some would say. And if anyone was to get saved, it wasn't this guy, Saul. He was walking along a road one day. And a bright what? A bright light shone from heaven. He encountered Jesus and his life was completely transformed. You see Paul he saw the light and when he saw Jesus he used to see Jesus as someone to hate and he now saw him as someone to worship and the same could be from you. You can go from seeing darkness to seeing light. You can go from trying to find acceptance in all the wrong places to finding it in Jesus. You can go from searching for fulfillment in relationships and money and new careers to finding it in complete fulfillment in Jesus. Ephesians 5, 14, let me say this again. Therefore, awake you who sleep. Don't sleep anymore. Arise from the dead. The death that sin leaves you in and Christ will give you his light. You see, Christian, tonight I want to challenge you. How are you being salt and light In the world today are you different from those who don't know jesus how are you making an impact in your mondays and in your saturdays and your tuesdays and your thursdays how are you preserving this message as you go about your everyday lives are you bringing flavor to are you telling people about the goodness of god are you standing up against evil and how are you carrying jesus light and for those who haven't made that decision You know, you too can see the light tonight. And I hope that Christ does that. I hope that you come to realize, awake you who sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you his light. And the invitation is there for you tonight if you want that. Because death and sin will lead to darkness. It will lead to something that you do not want to spend your life in. But Christ can completely... Change your life tonight if you give them that opportunity. And you know tonight, as Ray said, the prayer team is going to be at the back. And maybe it's something I've said, or as Ray said, maybe just something going on in your life right now. But I want to encourage you to make use of that. I want to encourage you. We all need prayer for things like this and how to win our world and how to tell people about Jesus. And if there's someone in here who doesn't know Jesus, really take this first. Awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ the promises he will give you his life. So I hope that's encouraged you tonight. I hope it's challenged you wherever you find yourself to make a difference we're not called to be silent christians at all actually we're not called to do that at all but be practical christians who tell people about jesus this isn't just about us but actually it's about your neighbor the people in your street the people you encounter so church let me pray for us tonight that god would really take this word and put it in our hearts so god just thank you for your word Thank you that it's living and active, that it's sharper than a two-edged sword, God. And it comes and challenges us, Lord. And I pray for my own life. I pray, God, wherever I find myself tomorrow, God, may I be salt and light, Lord. And I pray, God, for the people at church. God, wherever they may find themselves, God, may they make a difference. I pray, God, for those who don't know you yet. And I pray, God, that like Saul, he encountered you. His life was completely changed by you so God just set people free tonight people who are in bondage family members who we represent God and stand in the gap for tonight I pray that you'll bring them to you I pray God that through us God that they would come to know you God how special would that be that if people were here next week God who didn't know you yet God God, just help us to be like God, and I pray that if anyone needs prayer about this stuff, God, that they would just feel of it at the end. So thank you, God, for all that you're doing. Thank you, God, that you're moving here among us. God, never let us to take that for granted. For it's in Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, now invite you to stand your
0: faith worship together in response to what we have just heard and um, I feel like the the song that we've chosen to sing here at the end it's it's quite relevant it's just asking God to give us vision asking him to give us wisdom as we go out into the world as we share in the staff rooms and in the classrooms and in the dentists and the doctors as we share with people the message that we have. Would, would God's Holy Spirit work in us? Would he give us the words to say? But we must look to him, church. He's, he's the one who has the answers. I pray that you'll do that with your Wednesday. That you'll do that as you leave this place. That your lifestyle would reflect who you are. Let's worship, church. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I will love you, Lord, my rock. Forever, all my days, I will love you, God. Thank God I lift thee. To see things like you do god i look to you you're where my help comes from give me wisdom you know just what to do and i will Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah. Lord, help us to look to you. Where our strength comes from, where our help comes from. God, would our eyes be fixed on you? God, we thank you for the word that we have heard tonight. Thank you for the encouragement and the challenge. God, as we leave this place, would we be different? God, in us, would would people see you? God, would they ask the question, would you give us the answers? God, would you use us? Father, thank you that you use us. Thank you, God, that as we leave this place, we have an assurance that your Holy Spirit is with us. And God, we just say tonight once again that we love you. Thank you that you are a rock forever. Thank you that all of our days, that you are our God. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor for all that's taking place in this house tonight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.